In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Um, we read earlier in the Sanixarium about the, uh, the miracle that St. Basil the Great performed. So we're blessed uh, that a patron saint of our church is mentioned twice in the Sanixarium. His actual feast day is January 14th, which we'll be celebrating January 14th with our annual banquet. And uh, today's miracle as well, and we're blessed to have it fall on a Sunday. So that's really nice. So congratulations. But this is the second Sunday of Toot, and today's gospel reading occurs after the apostles return after being commissioned by the Lord to go and preach. And they return very happy because they were able to perform many miracles and they were able to cast out many demons. And when Christ sent them out to preach, he gave them that Holy Spirit to, uh, to accompany them and to witness to the validity of the words which with they were preaching. Um, because these words that the apostles preached were more than just words, and they didn't just say that the kingdom of heaven is closer to everyone, but had the power and um, the actions to back it up that the kingdom of heaven was indeed closer, and wit heaven witnessed to that through the amazing miracles and, and wonders that they performed. So by their deeds and then by their words did uh, the people listen. Because St. Paul says about his preaching, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The apostles rejoiced in the miracles that they were performing, but Christ corrected them very gently, of course, but he corrected them to the true object of their joy, which is, of course, that their names are written in heaven, and because they are working with the Holy Spirit, um, bringing countless others to have their names written in uh, heaven as well because of their works. How many souls have been saved by these apostles and disciples? If we really think about it, it's without number, right? I mean, it's a very high number. Every generation of Christians continues their labor, including ours now, and many more are being saved daily. The focus and reason for our joy is the hope that is prepared for us in heaven, our salvation and those and the salvation of those around us, that our names are written in heaven with all the company of the saints and the martyrs and so on. This is true joy. This is the true joy that lasts forever, the kind of joy that no one can take away and that is not um, up and down with the cares of this life because some days were good, some days were not. It's not an emotional type of joy, but it is a stable and uh, everlasting joy that we begin to practice here on earth, but also that will last forever as well. And this kind of joy is the joy that means to rest in God's work of salvation, both in our lives and the lives of those around us. <clears throat> those who have tasted this real joy <clears throat> they always come back for more. That, that comes out of living with God, enjoying the graces that have been given to us and that have been gifted to us, even though we don't deserve them. Uh, the gift of baptism. We're blessed today to have baptism uh, of a young baby and also the anointing of an adult as well. Um, we also uh, have the joy of partaking in the Eucharist because that renews our life and it secures our joy. We also have joy from prayer. How many broken souls including maybe ours as well, were healed through prayer. Prayer is the healer of souls because it unites us with God. The mere making of the sign of the cross and the praying of the Psalms has power to bring us closer to God and closer to His joy, to bask in His joy and to abide in His joy. We also have joy from fasting, and most people maybe might not uh, agree with that, but like when we uh, approach fasting, we should approach it in a real spirit of joy. 
uh, because just like when a sick person goes to take his medicine, even though the medicine may taste kind of bitter, he's rejoicing because this is the first step of him getting better. And that's what fasting brings as well. So those who are truly practicing fasting in a spirit of uh, you know, holiness and uh, like sincerity will do so with joy. We also have joy in praising and thanksgiving. If you have ever watched the midnight praise um, with usually the young adults are usually praying the midnight praise, uh, if you look really closely at them, you almost start seeing them start hopping, you know, out of joy. And then they come back to themselves because they don't want to make a show of things. But that's how praising and giving thanksgiving uh, brings joy. Um, you know, living in a spirit of thanksgiving allows us to consider the wonderful things that God has given to us and we live in joy because of those things. If we focus on just the things uh, that we don't have and we're not content, then of course that's a, a life of misery, that's a life of sadness because we're always going to not have something. And so when we recount the wonderful things that God has given to us and we live a life of thanksgiving, we rejoice with the Lord in a, in a true joy. We also receive joy from a deeper understanding of things, especially of our spiritual understanding. The reading of scripture and to understand the scripture in a deeper fashion, uh, maybe with the accompanying commentaries of our church fathers, gives us a joy, gives us a stability in life so that we're not tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine that exists, especially living here in Southern California, you'll find every type of doctrine, every type of belief out there. So when we dive deeper and we're, we're fuller of under greater understanding and true apostolic understanding, then we, uh, like we reside on firm ground and that always brings us joy as well. Reading the Word of God itself has like a type of mystical power that gives us every assurance and joy as well. The joy that comes from moving from darkness to light or from ignorance to understanding can be ours. It's for everyone to enjoy. Uh, and then we begin to comprehend God's true glory and that also gives us joy as well. So joy upon joy. We also receive joy from confession and repentance. When we break free of the shackles of the sin that enslaves us, maybe that have dominated over us and that have made it habitual in our life, and we call upon God and God, we see his visit to us and we actually are breaking free from those kind of sins, that brings us a, an extreme amount of joy. And we've been talking in the last few weeks about repentance and the means to re of repentance, but also it also brings great joy, uh, a lot of joy. But we, um, coming back to God of course brings joy. Our Lord rejoices himself when we come back to him. As in Luke chapter 15 it says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. But one can even be selfish because the one who repents himself uh, has a type of joy that is beyond words. You can't really describe it. But on the opposite side, sin or a sinful environment can be toxic to our joy, to our rejoicing in the Lord. There's a story that Father Ma uh, Matthew the Poor gave about a monk who used to live in his monastery but um, decided to leave the monastery for whatever reason. And this monk was struggling and he was extremely, extremely unhappy. And Father Matthew knew this and he wrote to him a very beautiful letter and we have this letter. And he says in this letter that it can be really applicable to us. He says, you will never find rest unless you pull yourself together once again. Have the courage that you formerly had. 
and the zeal for salvation and grace. Throw off the load that the enemy has laid upon you. Come back to your work and resume your former struggle, joy, activity, and zeal. Come and rejoice at your return and at your soul's escape from the enemy's trap. Because this is the source of joy is when we are close to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Those who have experienced this kind of spiritual comfort of joy return more and more. We, they, they keep themselves close to the uh, sources of God's grace and joy. They know what those sources are, communion, the life in the church, repentance, reading scripture, and all those things we mentioned. And they always return to it. Even if they leave those things, if they forget or if they stumble out of negligence uh, and they, they fall, they return quickly. They get up, they dust themselves off, and they return quickly so that God's grace may grant them that spiritual joy once again because they remember how blessed it was to live with Christ and how sin takes them away from, from that joy. And this is what we read about today. This is what Christ began to see with the 12 disciples and the 70 apostles when they returned. It says that he rejoiced in the Spirit. The beginning of God's saving works that it would be available through his grace. That's what he was seeing and that's what he rejoiced in. Our loving Lord longing for our safety. He desires it greatly. And he desires our salvation and all of humanity to be saved, rejoiced in his spirit when he saw those beginning, uh, those apostles beginning to do that work, he rejoiced. He rejoiced in our safety and our salvation and our restoration to how we were first created in the very, very beginning. And this is what our Lord does when he enters into our life. He sanctifies us, he restores us, and he purifies us, and he makes us that beautiful human being that we were created to be. How beautiful it is when our, the cause of our joy is the same also as the creator of the universe. When we have our own salvation as a priority in our life and also the salvation of others as a priority in our life. Uh, not just, of course, ourselves. And of course, we have to care about the salvation of our families, our husbands and wives, our children, our cousins, and so on. But even those around us and, you know, broaden the sphere even more to those at our schools or at our, our jobs uh, or even people, even strangers that we meet. We should always care about the salvation of others. <clears throat> when we put ourselves in the service of others, especially as it regards to the service of bringing salvation, eternal salvation to people, we find true joy just as Christ rejoiced today. And we are to have this mind of Christ, as St. Paul says in Philippians, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And this is how we are to be. Having the mind of Christ also puts us in line with all the prophets of old and the saints, the new saints as well. Prophets like Moses and Elijah and David and the others, and St. Paul and the apostles, St. Ignatius, St. Athanasius, St. Basil, who we read about today, and the modern saints too, like Pope Carolos and Pope Shenouda and Matthew the Poor and so on. Their joy was the salvation of others. And in some of these cases, even the people that they were bringing salvation to, those same people brought them into extreme danger. They were persecuting them, and yet they were bringing them salvation. And this was their joy. And having this mind of Christ that brings true fullness 
of life and true joy can belong to everyone and should be actually sought after by all Christians. In James chapter 5 it says, let him, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And in Daniel chapter 12 it says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So having this mind does not only belong to like priests or servants or Sunday school servants or deacons, but in fact it can be more effective with all of us, right? All of us working together. Probably you can be more effective than a priest, right? Because you are more social with each other. You're not ignorant of each other's failings. You're not, um, you, you know the intricacies of their life. You have more freedom of speech with each other. Uh, you can be bolder towards each other. You can tell them hard truths to each other. Um, you have greater uh, love and intimacy with each other. Um, there are huge advantages. These are huge advantages to actually teach and to tell people the right things. Where um, if somebody comes who doesn't know them that well and says things, they might not accept it so readily. So don't neglect this gift that God has given to you of friendship or associate, associate relationships with others because you have great freedom of speech with them. Um, as St. Paul says in First Timothy, do not neglect this gift. So we have joy upon joy from those who live with the mind of Christ, caring about our own salvation and caring about the salvation of others. Because the same reason as he rejoiced, so do the angels and the prophets and the saints and the martyrs and the servants who labor to keep themselves close to Christ as the source of salvation. But the opposite is true as well, as it is with most of the world today, right? When we look outside in the world, they, you'll rarely find somebody who will labor for their own salvation, who will struggle to stay close to Christ and uh, keep others, let alone keep others around them close to Christ. But in selfishness, most of the world, most of the people in the world put their energy in gathering things of this world, material objects or the pride of life. And they are without joy, all of them, without exception. They don't experience the true joy unless they're with, with Christ. And the, and the reason is because we're not built like that. We're not built to be synthetic, caring for the things of this life. We don't run on that type of fuel. The fuel that gives us joy, the true, the true fullness of life, that blessed life, is only God, because that's how He created us. And we find that when we're close to Him. And if anyone turns, they too will begin to experience that true happiness. In today's um, beautiful reading, and I encourage you to go back and read these readings uh, after Sunday with your families. After rejoicing in the Spirit, our Lord Jesus Christ thanks God the Father for revealing the life-giving and saving works, what is uh, called the divine economy or the divine plan. It was revealed to what he calls babes, right? The small babies, the innocent ones. St. Cyril of Alexandria says that the great and the adorable mystery of our Savior was hidden in silence even before the foundations of the world in the knowledge of the Father. So these things were hidden and they were revealed to us in the last couple thousand years. And in our generation, it's continually being revealed. The multitude of wise people that preceded that time were in darkness, seeking wisdom but not finding it. Even today, people seek wisdom, but they don't really find it because with all of the wisdom that people look after, they lack the divine plan to restore humankind. Everything else is vain. True wisdom leads to the restoration of mankind. But with Christ, his birth, his teachings, his miracles, his cross, 
his resurrection and ascension, we see the end and fullness of wisdom, which is the restoration of mankind to be in his image and the granting of eternal life, unlike other types of wisdom, which yields no real benefit. In the litany of the gospel, we hear the priest say, um, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you see. We're repeating it from the gospel uh, that we read today. And St. Peter says in 1 Peter, To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into, the things that we do there are angels flying around because they desire to look into it. And there's angels flying around. You know, that's why we tell the deacons, don't walk too much around here. Don't don't run. Don't, like, stand still. I mean, it's not appropriate to make an angel move out of the way because you're running around all the time, right? So because the angels are present for us, right? And we're supposed to uh, worship God as they worship God. And we're supposed to be like the angels. So may we be worthy to hear and to act according to his holy gospels through the prayers of his saints. And may we also experience that true joy that he expressed as well when he saw salvation begin to reach all the people and to whom be glory forever. Amen.